like, yeah, we gotta do it, baby. I think I just hurt myself. Hello, my funky winker beans. This is your chunky stinker P. Matthew Sanborn Smith and his brass monkey finger lentil good cast, Beware the Hairy Mango. Today's story is all about following your dreams, especially if your dreams involve assaulting people. If you've beaten up all of your competition who were vying to cook for Deflator Mouse, then, my friend, you've become the Bad Chef. Bad Chef by Matthew Sanborn Smith. I know what you're thinking. He was a chef that dressed up as a bat to fight crime. Well, you're wrong. He was a chef that specialized in cooking bats. Flying foxes, fruit bats, vampire bats, baseball bats, you name it. Tony was the last word in winged mammal cookery. The smaller breeds, known as microbats, usually hit his customers' tables as appetizers, and the larger megabats were served as main dishes. Tony dreamed of buying a pot large enough to hold a thousand megabats at once so he could prepare the dish that would make him famous, the gigabat. Now, it just so happened that he decided to earn the money for this custom-made pot by fighting crime. If you think there's no money in that, you've been reading way too many comic books. Tony wasn't just beating the shit out of criminals, he was beating the shit out of criminals and taking their money. If anyone was carrying a lot of dough, it was them. He could use that dough to make his famous bat pot pie. And with the money he stole from the bad guys, he could make his famous money pot pie. And with the money he made from selling those, he could buy his new pot. Tony beat his victim senseless with his rolling pin and tied the bad guys, the other bad guys, up for the police to pick up. But since the only knots he could make were garlic, knots, the criminals usually got away. Even so, they gave his garlic knots five stars online, but complained about the service since they had been severely beaten. Overall, they recommended it. Because of this, crooks from all over the city wanted Tony to kick their asses, and they were lucky if they could get a reservation less than three months out. Tony was no fool. He opened a string of crime-fighting chefs called Salt and Battery, who tenderized their victims with bats, both the cricket kind and the cricket-eating kind. To add injury to even more injury, they rubbed gourmet sea salt into the wounds. When police asked the victims of these attacks if they'd like to press charges against the chefs, the criminals refused, claiming their assailants were only trying to bring out their natural flavors. Tony was rolling in money. His money pot pies were a hit. Not as much of a hit as his bloody baseball bat, which he called Baton Rouge, but more of a hit than his bumblebee bat, which was not only small, but was swung around so much in his melees that it was just a pair of legs now. Tony finally had enough money to buy that big-ass pot and hung up his crime-fighting cape. His gigabat was the talk of the town. Then some son of a sea cook said that his father once whipped up a terabat for his entire crew. Immediately, Tony began calculating the cost of a pot that big and made plans to fight crime on other planets because he didn't think there was enough crime here to cover his expenses. In the end, he realized it was much easier just to beat the hell out of the guy that brought it up. If this story batted your eye, you can blink it and other foreign particles at the website of the Vampire Bite, BewareTheHairyMango.com. You guys haven't written anymore, so it's time for spam. Email Beware the Hairy Mango. It takes more than one to tango. The only other rhyme is Durango. Unless you stretch Mustango. Long Island Fairs and Festivals 2014 writes, I think the admin of this site is really working hard in favor of his webpage, for the reasons that here every stuff is quality-based information. Well, thank you, Long Island Fairs and Festivals 2014, but throwing around words like really working hard and quality makes me feel like you meant to dial up another website. Add to that your atrocious grammar, and I'd have to say you've had a little too much festival tonight. Go sleep it off. And now you must listen to yours. Are you?
are you still listening? Our email music is from David Bradshaw of davidbradshaw.com. If you'd like me to say stupid things to you in a slightly more direct manner than this, stab quite erringly in the comments for this post or maple tree mail me and we'll get sappy at matthewopiwarethehairymango.com or score a position at the center of David Bradshaw's national flag at beworethehairymango at gmail.com. And speaking of maple, whenever we're preparing for a day of deforesting the great northwest, the SFNSF signal stands for Specific Flapjack, that one griddle-born bastard that stole sfsignal.com's cattle and forced us all into a lifestyle of shameful, furious lumberjacking. Oh, we can pick him out of a lineup, all right. Or a tall stack. Whichever. He smelled of maple, and we got to know each tender blueberry on his body. We were lovers once, before his betrayal. Why do you think he's covered in butter? Tweet every three feet that everyone in my yard follows me at twitter.com slash upwithgravity. So far all we've been able to fit is 36 inch worms, but I'll take those any day over those two foot and a half worms, which made me run from my yard crying. Say, here's some nifty news. Beware the Hairy Mango now has its very own Tumblr page site thing. Check out bewarethehairymango.tumblr.com for mango approved funny, crazy, cool stuff, occasional recommendations of things I don't think you can live without, and sometimes tiny stories by me. Holy shit. Follow me and tell your friends. I have a strange feeling that every middle-aged person who has ever been on Tumblr says some version of, I'll tumble for you, and every one of their children wonders why. Subscribe through the Get the Mango button on the Home Alaska page and you'll not only get two extra shows every month through the wonders of Beware the Elitist Mango, you'll also get the 25 episodes that I've already done which are just lying around there. It's like stumbling across King Solomon's minds. But don't get too worked up, I'm talking about the Richard Chamberlain version. This podcast creams gushily like an audience full of teenage girls at an Abe Vigoda appearance during which he throws sweat-soaked wads of his own testosterone into the screaming crowd as it falls off of him in chunks and everyone starts grooving to the extended version of the Barney Miller theme song before his uppers give out and his unconscious body is found thoroughly molested on the floor of the ladies' room the next morning wearing nothing but a Creative Commons attribution non-commercial share like 4.0 international license. Until you're too drool for school, that was just Matthew Sanborn Smith reminding you that the pile of cocaine sitting in the open space in that fence is the very definition of a gateway drug. Good night. <laughs>